Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. President Rodrigo Duterte holds bilateral talks with his Korean counterpart Moon Jae-in. There, both leaders called for deeper ties between the two countries. ABS-CBN's Pia Gutierrez joins us now live from Busan for an update. So what's the latest, Pia? Hi, Kathy. The meeting between uh, South Korean President Moon Jae-in and our President Rodrigo Duterte resulted into four bilateral agreements signed this afternoon. And these deals are on, are on the areas of uh, social security, tourism, fisheries, and education. Both countries also signed a joint statement on the development of uh, the talks or negotiations on a free trade agreement that officials hope will be concluded by next year. DTI Secretary Ramon Lopez confirms President Duterte has invited South Korean President Moon Jae-in to the Philippines on 2020, that's next year, in time for the signing of the free trade agreement. In his opening remarks, President Moon called for stronger ties with the Philippines, which he described as the future of the ASEAN region. He also noted the impressive growth rate of the country during the Duterte the administration. The Korean leader also expressed his love or his people's love for the Philippines, which he says is evidenced by strong Korean tourist arrivals, as well as the number of Korean companies choosing to invest in the country. President Duterte, meanwhile, said, uh, meanwhile, noted the 70 years of friendship between both countries, adding that Filipinos and South Koreans share a unique affinity. He also thanked South Korea for the financial assistance of 100,000 U.S. dollars that it has extended to Mindanao earthquake victims last month. This is the third bilateral meeting between Presidents Duterte and Moon. In fact, they had just met a few weeks ago in Bangkok, Thailand at the sidelines of the ASEAN summit. Korean ambassador to the Philippines Han Dongban earlier told us that President Duterte's visit is expected to build momentum to further elevate Philippine-South Korean bilateral relations. Prior to the meeting, President Duterte also received leaders of top Korean companies in Busan for a meeting. Secretary Lopez says that the Koreans committed to invest in the Philippines, particularly on infrastructure development and renewable energy. Mr. Duterte right now is attending the welcome dinner for the ASEAN leaders tonight, hosted by President Moon. And tomorrow, he will again join the leaders in at least two plenary sessions of the summit. And according to the palace, the leaders will explore ways to enhance relations in the areas of trade and investment, innovation in smart city development, sustainable development, as well as encountering transboundary challenges. The ASEAN leaders are also expected to reaffirm its support for efforts to achieve lasting peace in the Korean Peninsula and the complete denuclearization of North Korea. At the end of the summit, Kathy, the leaders will adopt a statement on their vision for future partnerships between the ASEAN countries and South Korea. He is expected to fly back to the Philippines tomorrow night. And that's latest here in Busan, South Korea. Kathy? Okay, thank you so much for that update. Pia Gutierrez, live from Busan. Back here at home, Philippine shares fell back to the 7,700 level ahead of the last MSCI rebalancing for the year. As Michelle Long tells us, staying on the sidelines is seen as the best course of action for now. 
Philippine shares slipped on Monday ahead of the implementation of the final round of MSCI rebalancing where the PSEI in general gets a decrease in weighting. That's expected to trigger an over $150 million in foreign outflows. While two companies, DMCI and Alliance Global, are getting booted out. For the day, the PSE index slid 7 tenths of 1% to close at 77.71. In the long term, this might be uh, a great opportunity to, to get uh, uh, prices really cheap. I mean, some, of, some blue chips are at 10-year lows. Uh, this might be uh, a point of maximum uh, profit if you get in now and hold for the longer term. But in the short term, I don't see any way uh, to make money. Investors uh, are better off uh, waiting on the sidelines. Another big news this week is the 1 billion peso debut of food and beverage kiosk operator Frutas Holdings. But given current market conditions, is it going to be a sweet success? Frutas priced its IPO at the low end of its indicative range at 168 apiece. It's been subscribed, uh, so oversubscribed three yeah. times over. Uh, we, we look at the prospectus. It, it looks it looks like a good uh, like a good um, investment uh, so far, especially if they carry out their plans. I think they have around 42% of the market share. Uh, the model is based on franchising, so uh, the numbers also look healthy as well. Uh, of course, it, it also helps that they they price it at a discount. Now I'm just hoping that the sentiment. Uh, that we've seen last week when there's a lot of selling and now we have the MSCI rebalancing. I hope it doesn't you know, spill over. In other corporate stories, Cebulan Masters signs a joint venture with the International Builders Corp for a 1.5 billion peso high-rise condominium project, the first in downtown Iloilo. CLI will own 50% of the development and will manage it. The project is expected to be completed in four years. Still on property, low-cost developer 8990 Holdings is selling another 10 billion pesos contract to sell receivables, this time to fill more resources, bringing total receivables sold to 25 billion pesos. And the country's largest gold producer, Felix Mining, confirms it may have to move the timetable of the construction of its $2 billion Silangan Mine project as it has yet to find a strategic partner to help fund it. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. After the Philippine Central Bank adopted a new definition of deposit substitutes, local banks are now eager to see how that new policy will inject more money into the country's economy. Juan de Guzman tells us more. The Philippine Central Bank moved to free up more funds for loans on Friday by changing the definition of deposit substitutes which are subject to reserve requirements. BDO President and the Management Association of the Philippines Management Man of the Year, Nestor Tan, is excited about the move. I'm quite uh, positive with that move because I think the economy needs the liquidity now to support the growth. Security Bank Chief Economist Dan Roses is also excited, but he notes it will likely take some time before the new rules have an impact, adding the total reduction of 75 basis points in key interest rates and the 400 basis point reduction in banks' reserve requirement ratios have yet to have an effect, although the last 100 basis point cut in RRR will only happen in December. Uh, we're only seeing some growth in terms of liquidity, but uh, loan growth uh, our banking activity has not been really moving yet. It's uh, flat. Tan, however, says lending should be turning the corner right now. Because of the budget delays, there's just been a little bit of um, slowdown in loan activity. But I do believe it will uh, pick up towards the latter part of this year. 
right, right about this time and then going into next year. Infrastructure spending will require more bank lending, and government is now leaning more than ever on the private sector with the introduction of 29 public-private partnerships in the revised infrastructure flagship project list. The Naia International Airport facelift by the so-called Super Consortium is one of those projects. Megaworld is part of the consortium, and it has its own infrastructure projects as well. The Naia um, project is nearing its uh, final stages uh, before we go into Swiss Challenge. And I think the, uh, the uh, SkyTrain project is uh, now uh, scheduled for ICC board. But Tan says the ramp up in borrowing and spending should still be done carefully. The more people participating in it, the better for us as long as we don't choke with so many projects simultaneously. The Philippine Central Bank will release its latest data on money supply for the month of October on November 29, Friday. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine government hopes to attract more investors as it launches its 3 billion peso prize bond offer. Warren de Guzman returns with this report. There is no excuse not to invest. That was the message of the Bureau of Treasury Monday at the launch of government's 3 billion peso offering for one-year premio bonds, which will earn interest and give bondholders a chance to win up to 1 million pesos and real estate property at a quarterly draw. We have reduced the barrier to investment from 5,000 minimum denomination to 500, just the equivalent of your 5 mil piece, minus the calories. The offer period runs from now until December 13. The bonds will earn 3% for the one-year tenure, and each will act as an official entry for a quarterly draw of 50, 20,000 peso winners, 10, 100,000 peso winners, and one, 1 million peso winner. That prize also includes non-cash rewards from partners Double Dragon, Mega World, and Vista Land and Lifescapes. 25 square meter a condominium in uh, Eastwood City. I think it's quite innovative. We're going to be offering one hotel 101 unit at the fort uh, worth 6 million pesos. But we're always in support of the national government's efforts um, to increase financial inclusion in the Philippines. Selling agents include BDO, China Bank, Metro Bank, DBP and Land Bank. Government can upsize the offer beyond the 3 billion peso initial guidance depending on how the market responds. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. The legal dispute over Medical City continues. The Philippine Securities and Exchange Commission has sided with former Health Secretary Alfredo Bengzon in the boardroom battle for control of Medical City. Documents obtained by ABS-CBN show the SEC's special hearing panel ruled the rival group of Bengzon's nephew, who says Xavier B. Gonzalez, violated several provisions in the Securities Regulation Code. It says Gonzalez failed to disclose material information, which had the effect of misleading shareholders holders and the medical city's board of directors prior to his move to acquire control of the hospital group. Based on the ruling, Gonzalez and company were fined 9 million pesos and an additional 18,000 pesos for each day of continuing violation computed from 2013, which was the year Gonzalez and his group made the move to become majority shareholders in Medical City. The SEC estimates the total fine at over 50 million pesos or more than $984,000. Bangzon says the ruling paves the way for the restoration of his group's voice in direct the course of the medical city as well as the restoration of shareholder value. 
As for Gonzalez, who has been sitting as chairman of the Medical City's board after a July election, he has declined to comment on the matter, saying he has yet to receive a copy of the ruling. Some relief ahead for motorists as local oil players announce another round of rollbacks in fuel prices this week. As Alvin Elchica tells us, the recent fuel price cuts have caused some transport groups to set aside their demand for a fair hike. Jeepney driver Alvin has felt the reduction in diesel prices in the last few weeks. He says his take-home pay increased by around 100 pesos or $2 due to the continuous decline in diesel prices. Pag tumaas yung diesel, siyempre, yung kita nyo, uh, mapupunta lang halos din sa diesel, yung dagdag. Eh ngayon, nababawasan. So, yung nababawas sa diesel, napupunta sa kita. On Tuesday, oil firms will implement another round of fuel price rollbacks, gasoline by 20 centavos per liter and 10 centavos per liter for diesel and kerosene. This is the ninth straight week of reduction for diesel, which already totals nearly 3 pesos per liter. For gasoline and kerosene, the total rollbacks since October 1 amount to more than 3 pesos per liter. The Energy Department says oil prices worldwide have gone down due to the failure of China and U.S. to reach an agreement that will settle their trade issues. Dahil hindi nagkakasundo yung dalawang malaking ekonomiya, uh, kumukonti yung uh, economic activity na, na napupunta sa mas mababang paggamit uh, ng mga uh, produktong petrolyo. As diesel prices continue to go down, major transport groups Fejudap and Pasang Mazda are setting aside their demand to raise the minimum jeepney fare to 10 pesos from the current 9 pesos. Ang diwa ng Pasko ay magbigayan tayo at magunawaan. Subalit, kung igigit naman ito ang pagtaas sa Pasko, hindi pa nung gagalaw. Siguro by January na ho natin pag-usapan. Kailangan tingnan din naman namin yung mananakay. Hindi kami mag, uh, magpipilit na ibalik itong uh, piso na ito. But both groups clarify their formal petition will remain with the Land Transportation Franchising Regulatory Board as fuel prices may still go up before the year ends. Alvin El Chico, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Energy Department releases a draft implementing rules and regulations of the Murang Corriente Act, or Cheaper Power Rates Law. The measure aims to use part of government's proceeds from the Malambaya Natural Gas Project to pay off the debts of the National Power Corporation and stranded contract costs for power producers. Senate Energy Committee Chair Sherwin Gachalian says each Filipino household is currently paying 9 centavos per kilowatt hour to help pay for those obligations through universal charges. But with a new law, consumers no longer have to pay the additional cost. A Malaysian company plans to invest up to $2 billion to put up 12 waste-to-energy facilities here in the Philippines. This in partnership with a French technology provider and Filipino firm Integrated Green Technology. IGT Visaya CEO and President Michael Jimenez insists the venture will not produce dirty energy as it plans to use technology that incinerates waste without producing pollutants in the air. This is not the typical incineration. Um, one thing that is uh, very important is we have to consider how we're going to treat the air or how we're going to treat the emission. And this is done by the 60-year-old company also in a European company. We called it Secolab. Secolab has been, uh, I think, 460, if I'm right, 460 flue gas treatment all over the world. 
and they've been treating all uh, pollutants in, in, in air and uh, at the highest standard of emission. So that's the main thing that uh, my company, IGT, really uh, found the right uh, technology in terms of emission. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANT YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.